and welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And in case you don't have my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And uh, today I have a very special guest. She's actually a colleague of mine at Wellness Leadership Academy, and uh, I just I just love interviewing my colleagues here because they're just so full of like their own personal experience, a wealth of information, and some of what my guest has gone through today, I kind of sort of gone went through it myself. Not not to certain degrees, but um, uh, I just love 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 connecting with um, functional medicine practitioners, uh, other doctors, and and healers. Uh, because there's so much healing to be done in the world, let me tell you, <laughs> so much, so much to be done. Uh, whereas people, you know, are you know trying to reach for a, um, an injection or a pill or something like that. Um, there's a lot more people who are looking to heal in a more connected way with with their spirit, with um, nature, um, and that's why I love bringing you these guests here to Light Warrior Radio because our, you know, my intention is to help you manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's like radiant health. Uh, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. So I'm super excited that you are joining me today for our podcast. So my guest, uh, Dr. Eileen Ismail, is a fatigue gut connection expert and um, she's a functional medicine practitioner and fatigue decoder expert as a holistic consultant who supports tired working moms to regain their energy, improve mental clarity, and achieve physical vitality. She's really, really passionate about helping moms live purposeful and abundant lives. Um, and it wasn't all that long ago where um, she had some major stuff happening to her. And like so many of us in this you know natural healing realm sometimes things have to happen to us <laughs> so we know what it's like to go through that dark night of the soul to go through um, having terrible health ourselves and realizing that what we've been taught since childhood of how to get better is not necessarily the way to really get better and so when we do get better um, using natural means um, then we can share what's happened to us uh, and help other people as well. So we're going to be talking about, you know, um, this fatigue gut connection today and how food can be used um, as energy. Like, basically, we're going to talk about fatigue busting today. <laughs> gut health, microbiome, it's really, like, hot right now talking about microbiome and, and gut health. Um, and what we haven't really talked about in great detail, but we will today, is more about how does the gut relate to that specific fatigue symptom, so that fatigue-gut connection. That is super important. We see it all the time as you know, natural healthcare practitioners uh, with people around the world. Um, so this is really, really, really important topic. So without further ado, welcome, Dr. Eileen. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen. First of all, um, hi, everyone, and thanks, Karen, for inviting me to your podcast. It's such a great pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm happy to have you, Dr. Elena. Um, I didn't really know about your, you know, past, um, like, let's say, history with almost death. Um, <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe you can share with us what happened to you um, that kind of got you on this journey um, as the specialist, the fatigue decoder. Well, um, I started off as a conventional doctor like you, um, and 
I'm originally from Malaysia, then I moved to Australia because of I wanted to heal myself and I found Australia to be a good place. So mm-hmm. um, one of the statistics that really stand out is like 49.2% of Australian women experience severe tiredness. Mm. And how it start, and I'm like, I really resonate with that because that's how I started. Around, now what is it? 2005, I had this um, appendicitis um, as a doctor. I thought it was just a tummy ache. I took some strong painkillers and kept working because that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. We keep working. <laughs> right. I know that one. <laughs> so then it was nearly about to burst when I finally went to the surgeon. Um, then it got complicated. Um, I had bowel obstruction. I had two further lepro- laparotomies, so like big major surgery. I've got this like anchor scar on my tummy. Um, 28 days in total, I stayed in hospital that one time. So from there, I feel that that is like one of my major causes of my fatigue. Um, I lost like, I went from 55 kilograms to like 44 in that 28 days because I just couldn't eat anything. Everything was like given through IV drip. Um, I developed fatigue, brain fog, body aches and I tried everything that I could do conventionally and I knew there had to be something more. So you that's when the I things that you love to do, right? At that point. Yeah. So I got a personal trainer, did my exercise, I watched what I eat, I was like my iron was still low, like I wasn't absorbing my nutrients like my mm-hmm. iron, my D and that obviously uh, perpetuated the fatigue. And I was like, What's wrong? There must be something else. So that's when I started to study about functional medicine. Um, I studied more certifications, fellowships, and that has brought me to where I am now. Wow, that's amazing. So how, how many years was that between the time that you had had all this stuff happening after 28 days in the hospital and feeling horrible to the point where you started studying functional medicine? So 2005 was the surgery. 2010, we moved to Melbourne, Australia, mm-hmm. and that's when... I met more people in the functional medicine mm. realm, so that's what got me to start on my... Also, at the same time, I've got two kids on the spectrum. I've got three kids. Two of them are on the spectrum. And I knew that conventional medicine wasn't giving me the answers to help them. Oh, Because okay. I find that conventional medicine is about treating downstream. Oh, sorry, she's autistic. She's got speech issues. Let's send her to a speech therapist, or she can't write properly, let's send her to a OT. So that was where we were. But then I started to see a functional doctor, like I brought her to one, and I saw changes from her diet. Like, wow. That's like, like treating the gut, that was like one of the major things. And then I'm like, oh my God, I saw changes. And then when she would go to school and steal other, peop- other kids' food, uh, because there are things that she couldn't, have but that was the things that she craved for most gluten dairy sugar Mm. yeah so then i saw she dropped back like she'll become more hyper couldn't concentrate and things like that yeah so that's what i'm like i gotta study this so that's when i went oh that's that's amazing that's fascinating so how long from the time you started studying functional medicine to the time that you really felt like you personally had a 
dramatic, you know, shift in how you felt from your tiredness? Probably um, 2015. So that's like what six years ago now. Um, six years ago, yeah. That's when I finally like, oh my god, it's yeah. So basically, as I tie into this topic, it's basically the gut. I had to change my nutrition. I had to change what I fed myself, rather than just you know thinking more of medication, drugs. It's more about what we feed our body. That's the most important thing. Even supplements, like you can't supplement the rest of your life. Like if you take supplements forever, it just becomes another drug, right? It's not called a drug, but same difference. Yeah, I I used to be the supplement queen. Um, (laughs) You know, I I have a, you're going to laugh, but I have a, a, it it was originally for a microwave, okay? So it was a a microwave shelf that was built into this house that my ex-husband and I built. And then when I found out how microwaving your food wasn't a really great idea, I got rid of the microwave. So then there was this empty big hole, okay, (laughs) in the shelf. And I filled it with supplements at the time. I was recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome, and I had probably 20 different supplements and you know back then I didn't muscle test or you know figure out what I needed so I just kept taking whatever and just really not noticing that that big a difference um but uh you know like you it you know I I started doing these learning more about functional medicine although I'm not certified in it I've learned was starting to learn more and um realized okay well let me make this change and let me make that change and and what I realized is that uh yeah that really made a big difference um, because even though I was doing like acupuncture and phototherapy patches and all these things that were really good for me and they were, I was getting so much better that without that gut piece, um, that it was like two steps forward, one step back, you know? Yeah. So it was so important um, to, to deal with that. Now, how did you know that, aside from <laughs> having surgery, of course, but how did you know like what to do for your gut? Okay, so don't get me wrong. It's not that supplements are not good. I think if at the start everything's you're really nutrient deficient, you got to start somewhere. you got to start supplementing yourself because you're not going to get everything from the foods that you eat because nutrition takes longer to change. Your habits okay. take longer, right? So right. at the start, you might need that, but then as you get better at feeding your gut, then after a while, you don't. So yes, supplements are important, but not forever. So with the gut, um, do you know that the gut is like, I call it, it's like a tube, right? From your mouth to your anus. I call it from the gums to your bum. It's just like one long, big tube. And it's like the only way you can stuff bad things into your body. Like, of course, if you had a cut in your skin and bacteria get in, yes, that's one way, but most of the time your skin's intact, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, they're all protected by skin, muscle and bones, right? All the organs. But your gut, your gut's the only opening into your body. Hmm. So I always say that there are two things that we have to consider about the gut. It's the environment, so what diet or what nutrition we put into it. And it's about the population in the gut, which is the microbiome that you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So the gut's not stupid. Like our body's not stupid. Like um, it's got obviously defense mechanisms to prevent bad stuff from getting in, because it knows that's the only way your enemy can get in. 
So the first line of defense is like a one cell layer of the gut wall. You can look at it like under a microscope. You won't see it with your naked eye. And between these cell walls, there are this glue that keep the cells together. So they're called tight junctions. You can Google this after this, tight junctions. There's lots of studies on uh, PubMed on the internet. And basically, that keeps the gut in wall intact. So then there's these small little channels or gates that open up occasionally to let in your iron, so like nutrients to get absorbed, like your iron or your vitamin D or your sodium or even your protein or sugar, right? To get, mm -hmm. and then it closes back up again because it doesn't want bad stuff, toxins, to get into your body again. So most of the toxins should stay in your poop and you should just, are poop it out right through your bowel. Right. So that's what should that's what should happen. The problem is there's certain things. I have like five pet peeves, but my major top three pet peeves that can affect this situation. Um, and what these three things do is they break down the glue. These tight junctions break down, and so the cells are not sticking together properly, and you get this term called leaky gut. I'm sure you guys have heard about leaky gut, right? Mm. It's, yeah. It's pretty hot these uh, days. But it used yeah. to be, people used to, I mean, medical doctors used to think we were nuts talking about it until, you know, they, they started producing their own medical papers that said increased intestinal permeability. Permeability, so yeah. that, you don't call it leaky gut, then it's real. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making fun, but at my profession. It's true. Yeah, but I'm like, I still go to conventional conferences and slowly I'm like, oh, they're actually mentioning these things. I'm like, good, good, they, good. Years ago, they weren't. So it's getting there, but it's so slow and we can't wait for them, right? We've got to do our own thing so we'll never get better. So um, then what happened? Okay, so what are the three top pet peeves? Um, gluten. So gluten is protein from wheat, barley, oat, and rice. Then there's casein, which is protein from dairy. So this is where people get confused. They think, oh, I'm lactose-free, but I still feel yuck. They forget that lactose is actually sugar from dairy. Mm -hmm. But what's really the annoying thing to the gut is casein, which is protein for dairy. Mm, okay. So then patients come to me and say, oh, um, I'm drinking goat's milk or camel's milk. I'm like, oh, where do you get those things from? Anyway, I, <laughs> I, I try that. <laughs> well, doesn't matter. If it's from an animal and it's got um, casein, the protein, in some people, it annoys this guy. So I'm not saying everyone can take gluten. No, it's in certain people. Right. So, and I see a lot of this in people with fatigue, with brain fog, with body aches, one of the first things you got to do is try eliminating this. So some people, when I, when some patients, when I see them um, for the first time and then they go away and do their test, I don't see them again for up to six to eight weeks. So one of the homework I get them to do is, if you can go 100% gluten-free, dairy-free for at least eight weeks, then you can see the changes. Right, you have to do it properly. You, yeah, so it doesn't matter if it's a a bowl of pasta or even if it's just a teaspoon of gluten flour. 
it will still annoy your gut. So you have to be 100% off to see any change. And it's like, um, so say you're cooking everything, you know what's going into your food, two weeks in, you're doing well, and then suddenly in week three, uh, lockdown's gone, you get invited to a birthday party, and you say, oh, I'll have just a bit of cake. So what happens is this, those first two weeks don't count, you've got to start back from zero, if you want to see change. If you wow. think this will work for you, you've got to do it properly. So, so I'm just curious, um, you know, uh, Dr. Eilina, when, when people go, you know, they detox, if you will, for two weeks off of gluten, for example, and then they, they, they introduce it again before their gut has completely healed, do they yes. get less of a reaction or more of a reaction or does it depend on the person? Like, do they actually notice something when they reintroduce it early? If it's, re if it's one of their major causes, I'm not saying this is the only cause for fatigue or body aches, no. But if it's one of their major causes, two weeks they can already see a change and then if they start eating again, most people do, some don't though. That's why I always say, give it at least the six to eight weeks to, before you say, nah, it's not working, nah. Mm, okay. you got to give know, it my, a my chance. Yeah, my, my husband had gone through this uh, kind of herbal detox thing with me and we were doing that together and uh, um, yep. he, you know, was doing exercising and stuff and he felt so great, you know, even though there wasn't a lot of food in, in this program for three weeks, but he, he did really, really well. And then um, the first week he reintroduced gluten, yep. he got a backache like right away. And normally yep. it takes days to get any reaction to gluten. So maybe you can speak to, to why that happens. But um, he was like, OMG, I didn't mm. think I was sensitive to gluten. I think I thought you were making that stuff up, Karen, you know. Um, <laughs> but he could tell the difference because he had detoxified off of three weeks. And then when he reintroduced it, he immediate, his body immediately gave him pain. So that was fascinating. Interesting, huh? And then I get patients that come back and and then I say to them, like before they say anything, I say, oh my God, I said, I don't know how I can help you. I said, all your investigations have come back normal, like nothing on blood, nothing on poo, nothing. And then the patient will say, she said, oh my God, you won't believe what I'm going to say. And she said, I did what you told me to do, just going gluten dairy free. I feel great, like my fatigue is gone. I'm like, oh, seriously? See? And then sometimes, like, sometimes <laughs> I don't believe, like, you know, sometimes you think there's more, but it's amazing how what foods you feed yourself do to your body. It's not for everyone. Like some people can just eat as much gluten as they want forever and not have any problems. But it's just this group of people that, especially like people with fatigue, I find that this is one of the easiest. It's not easy. One of when well, I say it's easiest, simpler. like one of simpler. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Some people find it really difficult. So then I say, hey. What's easier for you to cut up, gluten or dairy? Because some people like their cheese. So then I say, okay, start with gluten first, see how you go, and then add in being dairy-free. There's no right or wrong. There's no, it, you can't, it's not one size fits all. You know, you have to adjust because everyone's coming from a different place. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I think that um, gluten-free has become kind of a catchphrase almost now. And in North America, you know, you have a plethora of gluten-free products on the shelf. Yep. Um, and 
you, I think, you know, sometimes it's like this balance between really trying to make it simple for clients or patients, uh, but also like not like the, there's also the ideal diet and then the not ideal yes. diet. So can you speak a little bit to me about like, hey, what if I buy everything that's gluten free off the shelf? Is that okay? Oh, you just have to be careful. The problem is gluten is used as a binder uh, to bind things. Um, so that's why when you buy gluten-free bread, you find it's like really dense. I, it's mm -hmm. a hot, like you just have to get used to it. Anyway, so I was, so my daughter's gluten-free, dairy-free, hundred percent. Um, so when I used to just buy things on the shelf, um, obviously they're more expensive than other non-supposedly not uh, less healthier foods are cheaper <laughs> anyway so they're more expensive i'm making a brownie and then my husband comes along and picks out a piece and he says oh yummy and then he keeps coming back for more and then i'm like i said stop it that's for your daughter it's expensive Don't it? <laughs> so then i'm like oh why does he like it so then um when i looked at the food label i'm like oh my god there's sugar there's other bad stuff in there there's maize maize is like from corn corn is like my number four number five oh. is like soy okay. corn and soy is because they are genetically modified they're all gmo food mm -hmm. so that in some people and that causes holes oh. right in the gut so yeah trying to yeah. trying to repair that yeah so that's like number four and five number one and two is the gluten and the dairy number three is sugar sugar yeah, we could have another podcast on just sugar. So then that made me like, so my, like when I teach my clients, my patients, I'm like one of the things you have to teach is to read food labels and if possible to cook yourself because then you know what's going into the food yes. that you're eating. Yes. Easier yes. said than done at times. I know. Yeah. I, you know, especially, I think, I think, you know, having the whole COVID pandemic thing and being at home, I mean, if assuming that people have opportunities to have the food in their location, which most yes. people do, then it's like gives us a greater opportunity to cook at home because we weren't allowed to go to restaurants, you know? Um, That's true. Because I get a lot of that, like I get moms with their kids on the spectrum and they say, oh, it's too hard to do, too hard to do. Then when everything went to lockdown and you had to homeschool, like the school had to be all online, the parents found it easier because they could control the kids' like eating habits better and we mm. saw more changes. Excellent. But it can't happen forever. Like, you know, you got to break. It takes like 66 days to, break a habit, to make new habits to like... Um, to change, yeah, so it's, it's a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight to change how you eat and all that. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to remember these things. Um, I think that there was some, some degree of almost an addictive potential to both dairy proteins and wheat proteins uh, going through the brain. And of course, the brain's supposed to have a blood-brain barrier, but a lot of times when we have leaky gut, we also have leaky brain, which is kind of crazy. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because some people literally go through like almost an addiction withdrawal when, they're, when they get rid of dairy and, well, sugar too, but dairy, sugar, and wheat. Well, probably the easiest example would be with autistic kids. Um, when the parents bring them, I always ask them, if you were stuck on an island, what would be the three food groups that these kids would bring with them? And most of the time, it'll be pasta or chips or chocolate. 
because basically, and then I said to mom, whatever they crave for, whatever they're addicted to, that's probably the things that they shouldn't be eating. So I always say, it's, I, it's always the white, yellow, brown foods, you know, your chips, your mashed potato, all that. But we have to eat a rainbow, right? Uh, eat the natural colors of foods. So yes, that's the main thing. And what happens is, there are opioid receptors in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called gluteo, uh, gluteomorphoid receptors and caseomorphoid receptors. So what happens is when um, if this gluten and casein get through the leaky gut, it's not in your body, it goes into your bloodstream and it travels to your brain. It sticks, all these molecules stick to your glute, all these receptors, those long winded words that I just used. And you, it's like a, you become high because it's basically like you're taking cocaine or heroin. It's just... Wow. That's why these kids go hyper because it's triggering their opioid receptors in the brain. They go hyper, they can't focus. And yeah, that's the other reason why gluten and casein are not good for. And it's not everyone. As I said, you just have to keep in mind what your symptoms are. And for certain people, like kids on the spectrum or people with fatigue, this can be one of the ways that you might be able to reduce your symptoms. Can I also mention one more thing? Yeah. Um, the second cause, like, you know how I said the gut is the way um, our enemy gets into our body? So the first line of defense is that one cell layer. Um, then the second is actually 60% of your immune system cells sit in the gut wall. Mm-hmm. Compared to the rest of your body, they're protecting the gut the most because they know that's how enemy gets in, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine like if all your army, your white cells are sleeping quietly in the gut wall doing their own thing and in some people when they eat this gluten and casein, the Im- your immune system thinks it's enemy. So it wakes up and it starts attacking it and then it goes back to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. But the problem is when we keep bombarding our gut with this gluten and casein, like we're not going um, gluten dairy free, then now your immune system is all wrapped up. It's like, oh, it's going to attack this enemy and there's no time to sleep and it just keeps doing this and doing this to a point where it turns around, looks at your other organs in your body mm-hmm. and thinks it looks like gluten. So for example, it's, this is called molecular mimicry. Mm-hmm. So it's like now... For example, it looks at your thyroid and it thinks, oh, the thyroid looks a bit like gluten, let's attack it. So that's how autoimmune diseases start because once your own immune cells attack another organ because it thinks it's gluten or casein, yep. that's when you get Hashimoto's disease. That's a very, very common thing that I deal with and that causes a lot of fatigue. So there are many causes of fatigue that could come from the gut but then ends up you attacking the thyroid, your own body attacking a thyroid. Then other people, it looks at the skin and says, oh, that looks a bit like gluten and casein. They attack it. That's why people present with psoriasis or vitiligo. Or if it attacks your pancreas, then that's when people get type 1 diabetes. And I think there's like over 80 different autoimmune diseases now out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, I heard that. That is that is crazy. Um, and and you know, I I mean, you know, after graduating from medical school, like if somebody asked me like what percentage of your mean cells are in your gut, I would have no idea. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know, because um, I you know. I was thinking, okay, your immune cells, you got cellular, you know, you got cell mediated immunity, you got humoral immunity, you got antibodies, you got your bone marrow and your thymus, and never once did I ever remember any of my professors really emphasizing the gut. So, um, why do you think that is? Like, why is it that we have to go to functional medicine practitioners and naturopaths and, you know, and and, and holistic nutritionists that say, hey, you have fatigue, you have you know, joint pain, achy pain, you need to fix your gut. And they just zone in right on the gut. Like, why do we not teach this in medical school? I don't know. I, only, I still wear two hats. So I still do conventional and I still am functional. Uh, because, you know, con- like, if you have a raging infection or you have a heart attack, you need drugs, right? So that's where conventional medicine still is important. You know, even a diet, right? So that's why I still do conventional. But I do functional more because there are certain, like, lots of the chronic illnesses. Yeah, we just didn't learn it in medical school. That's, yeah, there's more now, yeah. right? I mean, there's really more, yeah. like you said, autoimmune diseases. You know, we yeah. just didn't see it that often before, but now it's like every other person we see yeah. it. And so mm-hmm. when people come to me and say, oh, my doctor's not good because they did not, we never learn about that in medical school. I have to go back it. to... <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I had to go back when I was studying functional medicine, go back to biochemistry 101, learn back the Krebs cycle. Do you remember that? Krebs cycle? Yeah, uh, I, I, yep, cycle. I do. Not, not yeah. by heart, but oh my gosh, I was so bored. <laughs> yeah, but we just learned that and took the exam and then forgot about it, right? Whereas now we use it so much because there's such a strong connection between the gut and then your mitochondria and how it works. And then your mitochondria is like your energy factory. Um, there's like 5,000 of them in one cell of your heart muscle. Wow. Because, you know, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, so I'm actually applying what I learned in medical school now. Right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was just biochemistry that we just had to pass the exams to get to the I next know. year. It, it was totally like, how does this apply to life? Like, like, like I'm, am I going to use this ever again? <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking, you know, uh, doing a four-hour homework to figure out how many oxygen molecules were created through the Krebs cycle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got 100%, but still, I was like, what is the purpose of this? But like you said now, as medical doctors, we could really use this. Yep. You know? And then when you and when you teach that to your patients, like patients that really come and want to know about their body, um, then they're like, oh, they because I still get patients who all they want to do is, oh, can I have my script? And then they go off like they don't want to listen about root causes. They don't want to. Oh boy. They just yeah. want a drug to patch their problems, right? But there are patients, um, the functional ones that they want to know all this. So you got to be equipped with all this to let them know and. Most of the lectures, conferences, well, everything's online now that I go to, most of them are like run by naturopaths, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like interesting. Like, I'm like, oh, why did I ever study naturopathy before? It's amazing. It's yeah, nice. me neither. I was like, hey, that wasn't even an option. Like, <laughs> like when I was growing up, I'm like, I never even heard of them. Like I was in Canada, yeah. but I, I, I just like, I, never, I don't know why. I, I never heard of them. And um, I never met any, and uh, all my, you know, I would say 
well, in the Chinese family, I think three quarters of my male, uh, you know, uncles and you know, not not biological uncles, but you know, like we would call them uncle, but they would be friends of my mom and dad. Oh, yeah, like yeah. School. They were in medicine. Like all the men were in medicine. Almost all the men yeah. were in medicine. So it wasn't even an option. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have thrived in that, in that environment. <laughs> I, I don't know. Me and conventional medicine just ne- didn't really hit it off. That gra- I mean, we I love the science, but but boy, the the the. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just had some major issues uh, going through that, and all the on call, and just was, you know, wreaked, wreaked havoc on my body. So, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, but it's so neat to do to to learn about what you do, uh, Dr. Angelina, because there's so many people who are looking for that bridge, right? Somebody who yeah. understands medicine the way Western medical doctors function, and naturopathic type or functional medicine so you're that bridge and this bridge is really important like I, I'm retired so I, I don't I'm no longer that bridge for for that like I'm way up the other end right I'm doing spiritual you know energy yeah. medicine that kind of thing but there's so there's such need you know for people to connect with medical doctors who have the experience you do and who you know understand both the Western perspective as well as the um, so-called alternative. <laughs> I think it's funny to call natural medicine alternative, but anyway. Yeah. Um, right. Perspective. Yeah, yeah. So it's so great. Um, so you know, so, you know. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Um, oh, just on the side note. Um, then this, I also noticed after I started learning about functional medicine was that there's a difference between a dietitian and mm. a nutritionist. Because when I first started, I, and I didn't have time to spend with my patients on, like, um, advising them about nutrition, I say, oh, go see this dietitian, and they'll work with you with gluten and dairy-free, like, plants, right? Yeah. And my patients would come back and say, this dietitian said, what is your doctor doing? Why are you going, why did she say to go off gluten when you're not? celiac I'm like oh my god yeah so they just don't get it so mm. now I either do it myself and then if I just run out of time I've got nutritionists that I work with that can that are on the same you know wavelength as me and then we work really well together so if there are people out there um, if they have trouble look for a nutritionist like a really good well educated nutritionist rather than a dietitian I mean, and oh. it's not the fault of the dietitian. That's how they were taught again in uni. Western yeah. allopathic medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's, really, uh, that's really great advice. So um, if we go back to, you know, when you see people and you say, you know, you're the, what you call the pet peeves, you know, like you had your top, well, maybe we can repeat them, you know, in case somebody came in late or whatever. Okay. We repeat what, what are the, you know, the top five things that if someone was going to make a change to their diet that you have found profoundly influential and impactful in fatigue, what are those top five? So when I first see them, I feel that if I mention all the top five, they'll never come back to see me. Right, so, so I'm just trying to give a top one, right? <laughs> so normally I just start with gluten and casein. Mm. And even that, sometimes it's quite mm, like a life-changing thing that they have to deal with. So for, for some people, that's hard. So basically, number one is gluten. That's 
protein from wheat, barley, oat and rye and usually I've got like a handout to say what other things to look out for and what other substitutes and all that. So that's the first one. The second is casein. So casein is the protein in dairy regardless whether it's coming, the milk's coming from a cow or as I said, camel or goat or buffalo. Every, as long as it's milk from animal, it's got casein, the protein. Okay. And it's not lactose. So a lot of people go lactose-free, but lactose is just sugar from dairy. So it, it, it doesn't, you could go lactose-free, but you're still taking the casein, the protein, which is the major cause of it, like the second cause of leaky gut. Then when I suss out the patient, like, and I think they're more compliant, like they can accept that this is a life-changing thing, then we talk about sugar. So if I see if they are like craving sugar, there's probably a lot of yeast um, or fungi in their gut. Because mm. we haven't even talked about the population. Remember I, did, I said there's two things about the gut we have to address. The environment, so what we feed it, and also yep. what's living in it, which is the microbiome. So when you find people crave sugar, they, they've probably got um, yeast in their gut. And that's a huge thing. So we got to stop giving all this so we are not feeding all these bad bugs. We want the good bugs to grow. And good bugs grow with soluble and non-soluble fibers, um, things like butyrate. Um, again, like talking about the microbiome is like another session on its own. So right. that's the top. <laughs> I know, right? So, that, so that's gluten, dairy, sugar. And number four is, uh, number four and five is corn and soy because both, both of them are usually GMO, genetically modified. And in some people's gut, they, um, they annoy the gut. And so all these top five usually are the most common things I see that can affect someone's fatigue through the leaky right. gut mechanism. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's all you need to start off with. You don't have to go and do some expensive pool test because the test can cost like $400, $500. Yeah. You can. I would do it second line. I would start with basic, simple things first. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, people do sometimes will go to, you know, a, um, a celebrity doctor or whatever, you know, and, and they will have like $10,000 worth of labs, right, mm. uh, that they're doing. And, and sometimes in, in New York State, for example, we can't even do half of those labs. It's considered quackery like the the, oh. the, the anyway. yeah the the actual uh the actual laws in new york state are like like 40 years old like these quack laws so we can't even do like a poo test for certain autoimmune things like we can do your typical like you know celiac you know look under the microscope they take a piece of your gut out you know that kind of thing but there are yeah. some tests that we can get in vermont which is like two hours away that we can't get here <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. So I like I like that. You know, hey, try these things first. Now, now, one of the things I'm gonna ask you is, which is a challenge for uh, you may hear this from your patients and clients as well. But uh, when I first, you know, would introduce these things, like you know, let's let's, you know, get get away from gluten and dairy, and like that was often my number one, number two as well. Um, they would say, I'm gonna starve. What am I gonna eat? <laughs> so just curious whether you came up with that and, and what do you say to your you know so normally I've got like a 
plan, like there's a manual, like a 20, is it now 30 pages long of what you should do with an elimination. So I call it an elimination diet because some people will also ask, is that it? I'll never be able to go back to gluten and casein? Like, and I said, no, it depends. So if you can do that first eight weeks, here, this is a manual, have a read. There's an examples of like one week examples of uh, menu, like recipes. Uh, there's a shopping list of things that you can just tick off what you want to buy from the supermarket. Um, there's then, and then usually what I do is I just check back with them um, after two or three weeks and see how they're going. So there are, there's a plan. Like some people can just go off and do their own thing. Some people just need that holding by the hand and have a step-by-step plan. So that's what I do. And then, and then some people are really intolerant to certain foods. There could be more things out there like nightshades, um, mm. like high oxalate stuff. That's when then it, there is a higher, a more strict diet that I either do or if they can't and they really need more help, then I usually refer them to a nutritionist that I work with to really take them through one step at a time. Okay. Yeah, you need a plan. Some people just need a plan. And then others is like, oh, I can't do dairy, oh, I can't do gluten. Start with one. Just start with one of those two first and see how you feel. And then usually they'll come back and say, oh my God, I do feel a difference. So then I say, okay, do you think now you can try vegan cheese instead of... <laughs> yeah. Then they said they'll try. It's not easy, but after a while, your taste buds start to change. Like you'll get used. Yeah, you just have to persist if you want to get better. And then, like you said, you know, we have these like opioid you know receptors in our brain, and and there's yep. like this craving occurs. And then once we detoxify off that, my own personal experience is that you know there's just no craving. You know, I could take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah, uh, which is really empowering really, to, to make a choice. At this point, I can, you know, choose to eat a cake or whatever, yep. but a lot of the times, I'm just like, eh, you know, I didn't make it, it's not organic, yep. uh, why bother, you know? So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me. I don't feel like I'm missing out. Um, and, and I think that's a big deal for people, especially with, you know, what's going on in the world's already stressful, like they feel like they're missing out. So I'm yep. just curious during this, you know, pandemic time and things like that, like how have you been noticing or counseling your patients and clients with that that sense of possibly feeling feeling like they're deprived? Because we don't want people to feel deprived because they just don't seem to do well if they feel deprived all the time. Deprived. So usually, as I said, we start slowly. Uh, my mantra is always start low, go slow, like mm. with whatever you do. Um, because, yes, it's not easy. Um, so as I said, you might start off with just one group of, and it might not everything dairy. Like if you really still like your cheese, maybe try, try to cut off the two teeth, like whatever you put into your coffee. So if, it's, if you have dairy in your coffee, why don't you do almond milk instead? But if you can't do armament for the whole, like some people drink like half of it is milk and half is coffee, right? In the cup. Mm -hmm. So then why don't you take uh, like a percentage? So maybe add a bit of almond and still have your dairy. And then over the next few weeks, have more armament 
and less dairy milk and then slowly your uh, fully almond milk. So that's one way to really go slowly. Okay. And sometimes just do the milk first and then later on you do the cheese. Or if you really want to do, like if you've been deprived in inverted commas, if you think you're depriving yourself from all these luxuries, have a one day cheat, like a cheat day, right? See how long you can last eating as much donuts you can for that whole day, like cakes and all that stuff. You get sick. Like you, you wouldn't, it would just start to like, yeah, reject all this. So sometimes it's good to, yeah, go the other way. Just eat what you want and see how your body feels. And then you realize, oh my God, yes, it's not good for my body. If I have to do it slowly, I'll do it slowly. If, like, if I can't do it fully, I'll start one step at a time. And then you'll get there. Right? Mm. You can't force someone to just change their lifestyle in a few days. It won't happen. It didn't happen for me. It took a while to get it takes a while just to get your recipes, right? Like to like to cook nuggets for my daughter. It was like, oh, it's too hard. Like, you know, to find their just to go and buy the stuff and make it like meal prep for the whole like Sunday and then freeze things. But then once you get into the habit it happens. Um and then next step was her doctor wanted her to go grain free, um, meaning like instead of rice, because rice broke down to sugar and it was feeding right. her yeast. Yep. So we went for cauliflower rice, right? And my son, uh, he says, Mom, that's not rice. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was hard. That's I mean, the other day. <laughs> no, it sounds easy to do. It, it, after a while, it was easy. Just that thought, just changing your thought process mm. from going from, okay, let's buy cauliflower, chuck it in the processor, and then maybe just fry it a bit with like ghee or coconut butter and make it yummy. And now everyone eats it. Not a problem. Did it take a week? No. Maybe two, three months to get there. That's reality. Yeah. You can't, it, it won't, well, some people are, some people come in, not all of it, yeah, some people are like that, but the majority of people that I see, it takes a while, and don't beat yourself up for that, like, oops, I'll have a cake to, um, have it, you know, you got to enjoy life sometimes, and then suffer later, or just understand. Yeah, that's what my mom would say, you know, she's like, oh, I have to enjoy life, you know, and, I, and she's like, oh, Karen, you're too strict, you know, you're too strict. <laughs> I your diet. Enjoy life. And I said, you know what I enjoy life? I enjoy life pain-free. I enjoy life skating. I enjoy life, you know, like yeah. waking up and having great sleep because I'm not in pain. Like that's yeah. how I'm enjoying life. Me eating this, whatever this is, you know, this whatever, piece of cake, chips, whatever that, uh, and, and, and then potentially suffering for three days later or longer is not me enjoying life. You know, me enjoying that for, what, two minutes? Three minutes yep. is not worth the three to five days afterwards of what it is. I'd rather enjoy life non-food-wise. Like people think that enjoying life means you get to eat nasty food. I'm like, you know what? I don't even like it anymore. My taste buds have changed. Yeah, but the most people that I see with fatigue, they don't know any different, right? right. So they eat all this cake and stuff and they feel tired, but they think that's part of their life uh, and they just have to live with it. But once you show it to them... And they do it maybe for a few days and then or they go back to their old ways and then they see the difference, then they decide. Then that's when they can choose which is better for them. It has to come from them. Like it has to come from you to make that change. Like 
um, feeling full of energy is better than eating cake, but it has to come from them. We can't force anyone. Right, we can't go. Think, yeah. think the way I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it will come to that. If they do it and they really want to overcome, if you really want to overcome your fatigue, your body aches, you know, your brain fog, you don't want to live like this for the rest of your life, try it. See the difference and then you'll know what you want to do after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And the neat thing is I, I find that the body will give us the signals, yay or yep. nay, especially once we've detoxified with, you know, the stuff that it doesn't like, then yep. it'll actually give us clear signals. I eat yep. this, I feel that, uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> Before it's so muddy, it's like the, the body's like, eh. I'm not going to bother giving you signals. You're going to eat that shit anyway, excuse the language. So <laughs> it won't give you any signals. And then after one, one's more cleansed, then you can immediately, like I've had times where I've gone to a potluck party, uh, Dr. Elena, and yep. somebody will have made something seemingly nutritious. Um, it'll be like, a, like I don't know, a Powerball nut thing. Anyway, and I'll take one bite of that and I could and you know the mold or whatever. And I just like, yeah. see, where do I spit this out without looking rude? <laughs> Yeah. So like I can Crazy. tell immediately. But before yeah. I would have just downed the thing. Like I wouldn't even have noticed. Because now you'd be more in tune with your body, right? Mm, yeah. It's it's really kind of exciting. Um, hey, let's talk about your freebie here. Um, so I'm just going to share with everyone the uh, website where you can get Dr. Eileen's great freebie. Um, it is at www.karencan.com forward slash Fatigue Decoder, so all one word, Fatigue Decoder, so KarenCan.com forward slash Fatigue Decoder. And uh, Dr. Elena, do you want to describe what this uh, freebie is that people can download? It's basically, if you just want three quick fixes, what you can do now. You know, you've lived with this, with fatigue like forever, you've seen so many different doctors, People have done this, done that, or they said, sorry, can't help you anymore. Mm. So what could you do and feel better in the next five minutes? So these are like my three top things that you could just do and feel better. And it's like simple things to do. Like, so have a go at it. Like download it and see what you think about it. That's great. This is called the Fatigue Decoder's Three Surefire Quick Fixes. Break the stress code using Dr. Elena's fatigue busting formula and feel more relaxed in under five minutes. Uh, focus your mind. Learn how to get clarity using the fingertips exercise. That sounds intriguing. And number three, use food as energy. Discover the amazing benefits of colored food so you can boost your energy quickly. So that is the freebie. At, um, the pretty link for that is uh, can dot com forward slash fatigue decoder all one word fatigue decoder um, and then you can download that beautiful freebie from Dr. Eilina yay so thank you thank for offering you. that I hope it at least gives all of you guys out there just something simple that you can start off with mm -hmm. right it doesn't have to be complicated like oh my god now do I have to go out and buy a gluten-free cookbook do I have to chuck everything out of my pantry? Maybe, somewhere down the line, but not now. <laughs> Try this first, see how you feel. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And um, if, um, 
you know, people wanted to do work with you one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know if you do that anymore. Like, how would uh, people contact you? Probably the best way would be, I've got like an online program where you can go at your own pace. I do do some online one-to-ones, but I find that the program is um, like really good place to start um, with fatigue. I go into like how you want to remove things from that's causing the fatigue because some people just don't think about it. So like mind stresses, so we, mm -hmm. we didn't even touch about going to your emotional and mental health well-being. Then we look at um, bodily poisons, I call it. So things like diet is one of the main things and other things that you might be eating. And then we look at the environment, like what toxin, like what toxins are in your environment, the like your healthcare, like your personal care products, what do you use mm -hmm. to like, you know, wash your bathrooms, what do you put on your face, your makeup, all those things do add up. So first it's about removing all the stuff and then replacing them with your good stuff. If it stresses, how do we address that? Meditation, mindfulness, uh, guided imagery. We look at body-wise, so then we go deep into the microbiome, into the gut, um, and then we look at the environmental, how to replace things, things like filtering your air, filtering your water, and lots of other things. So that's like an online program. And then how to maintain that, how to achieve balance. And so then you can overcome the fatigue and live the best life that you've always wanted to with your family and your friends. Oh, yeah. That, that's great. I mean, you know, I learned this, uh, these, these strategies little by little over a number of years for my own chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And at that time, you know, there wasn't a lot that I, at least that I was aware of, the internet was still pretty new, <laughs> but that, yep. you know, there wasn't a lot that I was aware of that, that could take me through all those things. I had to piecemeal it together, you know, I oh, then I discovered this and discovered this. So it's really great that you have this program for people with fatigue so they can have that, I mean, they work at their own pace, of course, but they have the material there. They don't have to, to look a thousand places <laughs> to figure yeah. it out because you literally decoded, you know, what it is that, uh, most people need. So um, how do they either contact you or how do they find out about this other program? You can email me at Ailina, A-I-L-I-N-A at drailina.com. You can go to my website, drailina.com um, and, and then we'll send out like emails on how I've just finished one program and going into the second launch. So it'll be a good time to catch up and see how you, what you think about the program and if, if it's for you, then we set up like a call and discuss more about the program. Okay. And what's the name of the program? Um, it's called From Exhausted to Energized in 90 Days program. And you get to keep the recordings like for nine months, like so you can always go at your own pace. And okay. then we talk about your food diary. We go into details about, so it's a bit personalized. There's parts where it's one-to-one. -one. I look at your food diary and I suggest like a mm. personalized food plan. We look at your exercise because everyone thinks, oh, they said I should exercise, but I'm too tired to exercise, exactly. Exactly. right? So there are personalized things that can be based on where you are, based on your energy levels, not just going to a generic gym class and not being able to keep up or crash 
after you've done it. Yeah. Okay. And, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Dr. Eileen, I just had a great time speaking with you today. Great information, great learnings. Um, just everyone listening in, remember to get Dr. Eileen's freebie at www.karencan.com forward slash fatigue decoder, all one word, to get your freebie. And then you can go to dreilena.com to learn more about uh, her and what she does and uh, about her program that's going to be relaunching soon from Exhausted to Energized in 90 Days at Dr. Dr. Eilina, A-I-L-I-N-A dot com. And uh, Dr. Eilina's email is Dr. Eilina at, sorry, Eilina at Dr. Eilina dot com. Right? Yep. Did I get that right? Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dr. Karen, for having me, for inviting me to this podcast. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you for sharing your time and wisdom with us, Dr. Elena. Um, I look forward to connecting with you. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, lots of love, everyone.